Can a board game simulate the tensions of a romantic relationship? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. This week, we're shining the game's spotlight on a title with one of the most unusual, yet universal subjects a game could have. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. Joining me again this week, Amanda McKnight. Hey! And Emily Finnerty. Hi! So there are games about all kinds of things. Almost every aspect of the human experience. History... War, business, medicine, fear, death. There are many games about relationships. I mean, unless you count you know, the game of life, in which your spouse is just a nameless <laughs> plastic peg that doesn't actually have any effect on the game. Amanda's been playing a game lately called And Then We Held Hands, which brings the subject of relationships to the tabletop. Emily, had you heard of this game before? Basically only from Amanda. Okay. And maybe Scott. <laughs> Scott and Amanda. Yeah, Scott really likes this game, too. Well, um, what, what was your impression of, at the idea? When you heard about a game that had this theme, what was your sort of first thought? Um, I have no idea how they're going to turn that into a game. That's exactly the same thing that I thought. <laughs> and the fact that it turned out to be very much an abstract game about shapes and colors and numbers in the way of, in the vein of something like Yinch is really interesting. And the fact they made it a cooperative game as well had to be. It had to be. It had to be a cooperative of game. Of course. A competitive game about relationships. Competitive oh relationship. I suppose you could... I'm going to be a better like... girlfriend than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen pulled it off, right? Oh, that yeah. Kind of that, was more about, but... that was more about money than relationships. Well, it's about competitive relationships where you're still with your partner. <laughs> yeah, it's just ma- wanna... many competing relationships, not two people in a relationship exactly, competing exactly. with each other. Exactly. Ostensibly, you it's and your team, spouse yeah. in the game are this working is together like, as a team. This is like the inside game, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Like This is what happens with you and your gentleman or your lady at the dinner table, <laughs> this game. And it's two players only. Mm-hmm. Two players only. So, Amanda, what were you expecting going into this game? So, I was kind of expecting something that would be, you know, a co-op game where we'd have to work together and we just would move around the board and try to get to an objective and it would be, like, relatively easy, I guess, because did, I've played a lot of co-op games. Uh, did you have any sort of comparisons in your mind ahead of time? Oh, it's going to be like Hanabi. Oh, it's going to be like, you know... A... I kind of thought it was going to be like Hanabi. Looking at uh, just the board and looking at this idea of... I knew that you weren't really supposed to communicate, so I thought, you know, oh, we're playing cards, we're moving stuff. Kind of like Hanabi, right? Sure. Um, and I also expected it to be a game that was about relationships in like an external context and not so much in an internal context, which is something... What do you mean by that? Well, like Ladies and Gentlemen, mm-hmm. like a game where you are the lady and I am the gentleman, vice versa. We are trying to complete an objective, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we like say things and we have fun and whatever. Sure, but, but a relationship as the world outside the relationship sees it. Yeah, exactly. It's more of a... It's, we're still putting on like this idea of what it is. And uh, did it live up to your expectations? It exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be easy. It was not an easy game. It is not an easy game if you play it. (laughs) It's really hard. And also, it brings to the table something interesting, which you do see in games a lot, because games are about relationships, whether or not you realize it. (laughs) But uh, it really makes you think about the relationship you have with that person and your ability to be on the same page. Okay, we've got a game of And Then We Held Hands on the table. What do we see? So there's a board. It's got little colorful dots on it, and there's three rings. 
the the other side of the board has these same colorful dots, but they also have symbols in them for uh, people who are colorblind, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. yeah, it's nice when manufacturers do that. Yeah, yeah, especially because games have a lot to do with colors usually. Mm-hmm. So when you add a shape to a color, that's nice because a lot of people can't really see mm-hmm. colors. Everybody can play it. Um, there's also a couple like little. What are they? They're like a couple little little tracks. Know, little tracks, yeah, tracks that you can move around that connect all the dots together and also connect the three line the three rings together. And then there are these like gem bits, which uh, one of them represents you moving around the tracks. And one of them represents your balance meter, which is basically how emotionally stable your character is. Hmm. Yeah. So you have a, an emotional balance meter in this game. That, yeah. That's really avant-garde. That's different. <laughs> yeah. So what are we trying to do, you and your teammate in this game? What, what goal are you trying to accomplish? So the goal is um, in each round you have eight objectives. You're trying to get through all of those objectives through those three rounds, and then you're just trying to meet each other in the middle. Achieving objectives basically works by discarding uh, certain cards uh, to move throughout the colorful dots on the board. So you're going to have cards in your hands. They're going to have two sides to them, mm-hmm. which is two different emotions on the left and the right. So we've got a card here that says Manic, and it's red on the left and green on the right. So it's like happy, but it's also kind of angry. That's okay. Manic. And this one here, which is blue on both sides, says Carefree. Which yeah. Calm. Calm, a lot of yeah. calm. So, so those are the uh, basically the emotions uh, that you can move through, right? So either you know double blue if you're doing uh, carefree, or you can move green or green. Uh, sorry, green or red if you are doing uh, manic. So you move through those, and then at the end of your movement, if you're on the color emotion you needed to get to for that objective, you achieve it. So each objective is a color, and if you land mm-hmm. on that color dot, you've done it, you move on to the next one. That's right. The only thing is that every time you move through an emotion, whether it's uh, green or blue, which is positive, or black or black or red, which is negative, that'll affect your balance. If you're unbalanced at the end of your turn, you don't get to draw cards back up, so that's going to leave you with less options to move. So in order to refill my hand back up with cards, I have to have played an equal number of Positive emotions, like happy and calm, Mm -hmm. along with negative emotions, like angry and sad. Yeah. And that's how you get to get your cards back to continue going. Yeah. You don't want to leave yourself with too few cards, and you also want to keep an eye on those objectives, because if you run out of cards, you're going to lose the game. If you run out of ways to move, you're going to lose the game. There's a lot of ways to lose the game. Like most co-op games. <laughs> very, very... There's only one way to win. There's only one way to win. That's the tradition. Yeah. Um, and in order to move into the center, you basically have to make it through uh, each round, which is represented by the three rings on the board. And on the third round, you need to both move into the center, one after the other. So, Emily, let's say you moved into the center. Then on my next turn, I have to move into the center. Mm-hmm. But you have to be balanced when you move in. Okay. So you can play any card to move uh, into there, but it would have to render your balance meter back to... Zero, right in the middle. And then Same we hold with hands. me. Same with me. And then we hold hands and we win the game. The trick usually being that it's very easy to run out of moves because you're not allowed to move back through nodes you've already moved moved through before. Uh, does this making sense to you, Emily? Yes, yes. Yeah. My, my one question so far. So the balance mirror here, it goes. It looks like it goes both ways. Like there's the zero in the middle and then there's, mm-hmm. I guess, negative balance on the one side. And it goes minus one, minus two with red and black nodes. And then... Plus one, plus two on the other side. So I guess it's happy that's being more happy than 
is required, I guess. So is, why, is, is happiness or excess of happiness considered unbalanced as well? Uh, yeah. So if you play, let's say you played a green and a blue and you moved through those. Now all of a sudden you're all the way at plus two. Okay. The other thing is if you can't move to a place, uh, if you can't move to a place that'll move your balance meter in the way it can move, mm-hmm. then you lose the game. Okay. So if, for example, let's say you're like super happy, that's great. But uh, if you can move nowhere that will take you down a peg from being super happy, then you lose the game. Think of it like we basically are having an argument together and we want to be on the same level. If you're really happy and I'm really sad, then we have a problem. This argument's not going to go very no. well. <laughs> Well, the relationship, I suppose maybe you'll be able to move on to happier things, but your relationship's going to be over. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, well, the, the rule book says, you know, a nonverbal cooperative game about two people in their failing relationship, right? These aren't, we're not, oh, we're not so in a, we're not in a good place trying to maintain it. We're in a bad place trying to get trying better. Trying to save it. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. That backstory of, I didn't even realize that was the case that you start out, you know, wow, a failing relationship that you're trying to save through balance but you're not allowed to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are allowed to use each other's emotions, steal each other's cards oh, I to move around. I can well. use your sadness to help me empathize yeah. with you and move to the places where I need to go to reach a place of balance. Exactly, but you're not supposed to communicate with that person to tell them, hey, I'm going to like take your sadness card, I'm going to move here, and then what I want you to do is this. <laughs> it's And that's the thing I think that I find really interesting about co-op games like this, is the idea that, you can't really communicate with yeah, someone. You're you kind of trust gotta, in someone. Yeah, it's not like Hanabi in that way that you just have to kind of like cross your fingers and hope that the person has your best interests in mind. There's been a spate in recent years of co-op games in which verbal communication is limited in different ways. We've talked about the Grizzled. And uh, presumably in that one where, you know, early 20th century men who don't talk about their feelings because there's a social taboo against it, so you have to kind of infer what they need from that. Uh, we mentioned Hanabi in this episode where you're not allowed to speak because that's basically the game. Your cards are facing the other way and you're restricted on what you can say. And then we have And Then We Held Hands, a game specifically about relationships in which you can't talk. Talking is such a huge part of most co-op games, and yet we've seen a lot of interesting work being done with games where they're not... And, and, and you, you really find it doesn't undermine the theme at all? No, I don't. I, in fact, I think it really heightens the theme. Uh, because there's so many co-op games where you play. And I'm sure you guys have done this before. You play with people, and someone becomes the leader of the game. Right, the player. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're playing things like Pandemic, like things mm-hmm. where you know there's a few of us playing, and we can kind of all choose each, other, each other's uh, decisions, or Dead of Winter, or something mm. like that. So we're working together as a team. Someone can easily become the ringleader and just kind of say, let's do this because it'll work. And everyone will go, that will work. We will do that. Usually they're right. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, usually That's they're right. And the they... problem is they do it over and over and over exactly. and over again. Yeah. Like, I would have figured it out eventually. <laughs> and you've all Come played on. the games with the person that also, like, will make the decisions that everyone's like, don't do that. And they, they do it anyways. Yeah. Because it's their turn. They they do what they want to do. Have you right? Ever, yeah, it's their right. <laughs> Haven't you ever thought, it wouldn't it be awesome... And I mean, this is the thing I love about playing things like Hanabi. It's so awesome to play a game where no one can really control anyone else, where you actually have to somehow, without saying it, like, sink your mind. (laughs) Yeah. You know when you, like, give someone a hint in Hanabi and you're like, yeah, like, Like, these are white. uh, (laughs) You're kind uh, of hoping. You're like, get what I mean. Yeah, you're Get what I mean. Get why this is important. Please, please understand why I told you this right now. How awesome does it feel when somebody is like, 
oh yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. You like you're you're completely on the same page with that person, mm-hmm. and I think that in a game about relationships, what's better than to feel like wow, we're actually like working together and we actually get each other. That is really impressive. Yeah. So um, we've had this game for sale in the store, but not in the library as yet. What do you think? Should we be telling Steve, the curator, to crack open a copy and get it in the library? I don't see why not. I mean, uh, we have we have a ton of already like fairly inex- like inaccessible games on the shelf already, and uh, but you get a lot of dates. Yeah. So I feel it'd be really. I don't know. I feel some people probably hate it, but like here is a game about your feelings. For this first date that you're on, go, <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that it's actually a really good game for people who have been in a relationship for a while. Mm. Like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to a first date. Oh God, couple. no way! I but I mean, if hilarious. a first date couple wanted to play it, I would say, you know, don't take it personally because it's not about literally you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys are just playing a game. But this is a game about relationships. That's what the theme is. But you know, those couples that come in all the time who who have been playing at the cafe for years and years mm-hmm. and love us and come like every Wednesday night or something. This is a perfect game for them that that are just two people, love two-player games, love that strategy. This is their thing. And I think that we have enough people there that would enjoy that or people that are just discovering board games that have been together for a while that are like, what? what's up with this? Why is this cool? Like, it's this such would be a, a good unique game challenge. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to compare it to other games. I mean, you can, you can compare it to Grizzled or Hanabi, but it is very much its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem to me to be any more complicated than the Grizzled to understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this rule book, and it's eight pages long, and it's like tiny little pages. It's like, and a lot of that is modified content, yeah, too. This, so, is, this is what I'm describing as the easiest way to play. There yeah. are really, really hard ways to play. Yeah, and like even if I mean we we open stuff all the time that that what was what was the argument you were saying they gave you because you've wanted this open for a oh, while. Oh yeah, I've wanted this open for a while. And when um, they say like oh, it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of like a an unteachable and it's kind of a this idea of who's really going to want to play a game about emotions. Um, but which I mean, tiny. it's an abstract game. It's tiny. It's it's a good two player co op. Which yeah, there Lord knows any. any more of those. Yes, yeah, sure. and it yeah. doesn't. And like, yeah, there's like eight pages of the rule book. So even if somebody wants to play it and nobody can teach it to them, they'll probably take them like fewer than five minutes to read through this. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, the only things that uh, I would say you could probably even if you knew the game, like teach it to somebody in about six minutes. And you mentioned uh, there are some add-ons in, to it, and that a big, a fair chunk of that rulebook isn't actually just for the base game. It's it's additional material, so you don't have to read all eight pages. Yeah, I would say the back two pages are basically additional material. Um, and the rulebook's pretty easy to understand. It's pretty well laid out. I would definitely say having someone teach it to you is what I would prefer. Yeah, it's, it's always better. better. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's easy enough to pick up, and if you have to... Um, uh, hold somebody's hand to teach it to them for the first few rounds, then you could totally do that. I'll wrap it up for this week. If you've got a game you want to see in the game spotlight, tweet it to us at Snakescast or post it on the Snakes Monty's Facebook page. Amanda, Emily, thank you for being here. Thanks. So, the Snakes cast is, as always, is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Game on. <laughs>